Hello, this is Jamie Livingston and Hanako Gallagher, and we are Undecided California. Daddy, where do babies come from? Mommies have babies, dear. That's where they come from. Do boys ever have babies? <laughs> no, dear. Only mommies. Megan says you have to have a mommy and a daddy to have a baby. Maybe we should spend a little less time over at Megan's house. What Megan means is that it takes a man and a woman to make a baby. That's all. She said that mommies and daddies have to get married first. No, sweetheart, you don't have to be married to have a baby. Then, what's marriage for? Let's not confuse our kids. Protect marriage by protecting the real meaning of marriage, only between a man and a woman. Vote yes on Proposition 8. All right. <laughs> So well, that was something. <laughs> that was an actual ad that aired in 2008 in support of Proposition 8, which sought to ban same-sex marriage in California. And it passed with 52% of the vote. So yeah. that's where we were at 10 years ago. And look how far we've come today. <laughs> Pretty crazy. So this episode is a bonus episode, and it's aimed at informing you guys about the history California has played in gay rights and promotion of gay rights and against gay rights so basically just california and gay rights <laughs> yeah and how it's impacted the rest of the country mm -hmm. so we're gonna start off in it's gonna be like a timeline form so we're gonna start off by talking about a major significant moment that happened june 28th 1969 which if you're familiar with gay rights history is the stonewall riots so with the Stonewall riots, if you're not familiar, is riots that occurred in New York City, so outside of California, but during the 60s, police would go around and find gay bars, put undercover cops in there, and then like bust up the gay bars because gay people weren't allowed to be gay with each other. It was illegal. So they'd go and they'd bust them up. At one point, the crowd grew outside of Stonewall when this happened on June 28th, and it started growing and growing and growing and one lady who was being arrested for being lesbian got free of the cops and turned to the crowd and said do something basically and they started rioting and the police lost control of this whole situation and that's what really sparked the gay liberation movement that picked up steam onwards over the next 50 years yeah so that happened in new york but uh, seven years later in California, we finally legalized same-sex sexual activity. So before then, sodomy was a crime and you could be punished for it. Yeah, and this was signed off by uh, Governor Jerry Brown during his first term in office. Because you don't know that, Governor Jerry Brown was allowed to have three terms in office because he had only one term when he initially ran. And then there was a law put in place saying you could only have two terms as governor. But he had run before that so he could do it again and have his extra two terms. <laughs> so he ran all over again. A little loophole. Yeah. So this leads in the next most significant um, event that occurred is in, in the 1980s 
with the rise of AIDS crisis in America. And in 1981 is when doctors really started to see a spike in this in young gay men in cities such as Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York. There was all of a sudden this new disease that they didn't know how to tackle and they couldn't really treat. They could only just kind of mitigate. And even then, they really didn't have an idea of how to go about this. So it started wiping out the gay community all across America. And now all of a sudden, these people who had been with their partners for like a lifetime and had been really devoted to these individuals and basically in like a common law marriage with these individuals all of a sudden couldn't have any rights over their bodies once they deceased have any rights over their property they were just seen as like a friend they weren't seen as like that other significant individual um even if they had shown that they had been in a relationship with this person for a long time so some individuals like a cousin who they never met would take care of their body instead of the person that they loved once the person was deceased from aids and this really sparked the demand for gay marriage and gay marriage rights because they wanted to have the same rights as same-sex couples and be able to take care of their dead appropriately and, and responsibly. Yeah. So it was actually a, a gay man from Berkeley, from the Bay Area, who coined the term domestic partner. And in 1999, California started recognizing same-sex couples as domestic partners. So it meant they could get some of the rights of a married couple, but not all. And then... The next year, in 2000, California voters passed Prop 22, which amended the California codes to forbid the state from recognizing same-sex marriages. So in February in 2004, even with this uh, ban still in place, Del Martin and Phyllis Leone became the first gay couple to be married legally in California. And they were married by then-Mayor Gavin Newsom at City Hall. And it was the first gay marriage in the entirety of the United States. Yeah. But it unfortunately was considered void in August of 2004 by the California Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So the, the following year, in 2005, the Domestic Partnership Act went into effect. So it provided the same rights and duties to same-sex couples as those of spouses, like men and women spouses. Then in 2008, in May of 2008... California Supreme Court rules that same-sex marriage is a fundamental right under the California Constitution. Thus, Prop 22 is unconstitutional. So, basically, it wasn't a change in the Constitution. It was a change in the marital codes for Prop 22. They say that these changes in the codes is discriminatory and that it was discriminatory towards individuals who were same-sex couples. And it only became legal for about six months, and then Prop 8 came around. So you've probably heard about Prop 8. It was an amendment to the Constitution, the California Constitution, that declared that only marriage between a man and a woman will be valid or recognized here in this state. And as we said before, it it passed. So let's listen to an ad against Prop 8. Yes. And it's in the style, I don't know if you remember this, um, but <laughs> Apple used to have these commercials where like one guy was dressed up in a hoodie and he's like, I'm a MacBook. And the other guy's like dressed up in a gross suit and he's like, like I'm a, a PC. PC. And like, so it's, it's based off of that <laughs> for you oldies. For some context. <laughs> Hello, I'm Noah on Prop 8. And I'm Yes. And I'm the California Constitution. Whoa. She's more beautiful in person. I mean, she sure is. I'm totally going to amend her. 
What? Yeah. No, I don't think you should do that. I mean, she's perfect the way she is. Yeah, but she'd be even better with a little discrimination in her, you know what I mean? Just watch and learn, bro. What's up? What are you into? Well, equality, mm -hmm. justice. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say I'm all about giving everyone a fair shot. What are you into? Oh, me? You know, just uh, deciding what's appropriate for everyone else. Government interference, personal life, judgment. You should go play with something other than the state constitution. Ouch. Sorry about that. Leave our constitution alone. Support marriage equality for everyone. Vote no on Prop 8. What, what did she mean by play with something? Get over it, man. You know, I mean, okay. I'm on Facebook. Shout out to Facebook. I know, I'm surprised Facebook still exists <laughs> 10 years later. They've been doing well. Sort of. <laughs> so I think that Prop 8 was the first time that I heard about gay rights. Um, I was, I think, how old was I? I was like 14? 14? Yeah, I was about 14 years old. A little middle schooler. And it was really intense because I had been bullied for a long time for being bi. And... I was called like a lesbian and it was like a very shameful thing like everyone had like made fun of me for this it was like a kind of like an open secret like I didn't even know I didn't realize that I was bi until someone was bullying me and it always like really hurt when someone was bullying me for being le like for like calling me lesbian or something like that mm -hmm. and I never understood why it like bothered me so much and then I was sitting there thinking about it and I realized that you know there's something called bisexuals who like both and I realized in that moment that I liked that I could like men and I could like women at the same time and I like freaked out I'm just sitting in theater <laughs> class like uh, like trying to like take notes on my script and I couldn't take notes and I like the bell rang and I rushed and I grabbed my friend I'm like I need to talk to you and I ran her over and I was like to a private place and I'm like I'm bi and she's like <laughs> yeah I was like what do you mean yeah and she's like yeah. Oh like, you could have told me. <laughs> Ren, you could have said something to me. I didn't know. She's like, yeah, I kind of knew. And I was like, I didn't. Oh I gosh. didn't know. So when Prop 8 came around, it was the first time I saw people supporting gay marriage and supporting gay rights. When Prop 8 passed, all of a sudden all these people were like, up in arms, like, we have to support gay people and we need to support their rights. And it was like the same people who had used to bully me about it. And I was like, what the? How hmm. can you support gay rights? And, like, bully someone for being gay. Yeah. It was weird. So, yeah. That was an experience of mine. And then in 2013... Sidetracking. Like, <laughs> so, there was a huge fight over gay rights once Prop 8 passed. Everyone became up in arms about this and really aggressive about it. And then I think a couple other states started, you know, having votes on whether gay people should be married or not. And they were turning a different way than California had. Like, California had sparked the conversation, and now these other liberal states were like, we're not going to make the same mistake California did. And so then in 2013, Prop 8 was ruled unconstitutional, and same-sex couples were allowed to marry in California. How this came about was that it had gone through the California courts, and it ended at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, where a three-judge panel ruled that Prop 8 was unconstitutional under the Equal Protections Clause ensured by the 14th Amendment. Then the, how this went to the Supreme Court is proponents of the proposition, people who are in favor of it, 
filed a petition of certiorari with the U.S. Supreme Court on July 30th, 2012. So about a year before it was ruled on. The Supreme Court, you know, can decide to either go forth with the case or ignore a case. So they decided to go forth with it um, as to set a precedent about gay marriage. And they found in a fortified decision that gay marriage should be legal and that this proposition was indeed discriminatory against same-sex couples. With the majority opinion being from Justice Roberts, who was joined by Justice Scalia, Ginsburg, Beyer, and Kagan. And they all said, yeah, this is discriminatory against a certain subtext of the population. People who were against it was Justice Kennedy, Thomas Alito, and Sotomayor, who was the newest one. Sotomayor was like, had just gone in, I think, a couple years earlier. And they all argued, the dissenting opinion argued that this was against states' rights and that the population of a state should have the right to amend its own constitution. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of a weak argument because the state's constitution goes against the federal constitution, then it's not constitutional. Right. So I think it was just more about states' rights argument. But yeah, that was a really huge moment. Yeah, I think that decision was really important also in that established that the majority can't just go away stripping rights from minority groups and get yeah. away with it. There's a lot of protections within the... United States Constitution to protect minorities from the tyranny of the majority. And the Equal Protection Clause under the 14th Amendment is one of those insurances that majorities just can't like bully the minority. So after California got on board with gay marriage, um, in June of 2015, same-sex marriage was finally legalized in all 50 states after a Supreme Court ruling that marriage was a constitutional right. Woo! So, before June of 2015, only 38 states had some level of legality for same-sex marriage. So, the rest of them got pushed into, you know, common sense. Yeah. They're all like, oh, we're gonna drag our feet. And we're like, nope, you can't anymore. (laughs) Constitution says nope. Too bad. That's why we have the Supreme Court. Do you have some more details on that case in particular? I do know what the ruling was based off of. So, it harkens back to the Prop 8 ruling in 2013 where it talks about the Equal Protection Clause in the 14th Amendment, but it also talks about due process. This is ensured by the 14th Amendment. So due process is the right to have legal footing. It's the right to go through the legal process ensured but to all Americans. So this can be if you're arrested, you have the right to have like a speedy trial and you have the right to have an attorney president and all these different things are insured by the constitution. That's why if you've heard the Miranda rights, they read you those because of a court case that said you have to read someone their rights when they're arrested so they know what's going on. So they know what they can and can't say or what they can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Insured by the constitution. So how that affects gay marriage is that it's a legal process, right? So by denying a same-sex couple the right to go through that legal marriage process, you're denying due process. Okay. And then equal protection, again, goes back to having the right to be the same as another majority of the population. Right. So yeah, that covers the history of gay marriage. You really can see that in 15 years, everything changed. Yeah. Like in 2000, Prop 22 passed, and then in 2015, all 50 states have 
gay marriage legalized. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, when we were born, domestic partnerships weren't even a thing in California. That's crazy. And now it seems like, like, if we were to vote today on whether gay marriage should be, like, outlawed, there's no way it would pass. I have, like, a different theory on that. I think that if something similar to Prop 8, prop like, popped up again, like, another way to end gay marriage that didn't go through the Constitution, that didn't go through the marriage codes... I think it would totally not pass, but if Prop 8 was pushed back by 10 years... Well, yeah, I mean, with the precedent of Prop 22, Prop 8, yeah, now... It wouldn't pass, but it's hard to say, like, Prop 8 was so influential in changing the conversation about gay rights, so I just don't know. So the next big thing to talk about is trans rights. Yeah, that's kind of the new lgbtq push mm-hmm. and as usual california is kind of leading the charge on that one <laughs> so one thing we found was that in 2015 we were the first state that decided they would pay for transgender inmates to receive gender affirmation surgery what's gender affirmation surgery i think that has to do with either genital reassignment or like top surgery so like removing breast tissue okay then, okay, in March of 2017, we were the first state that required all single occupancy bathrooms to be gender neutral, which I feel like is a no-brainer. I don't know if that's a trans issue. I feel like it's just, like, a human issue. I mean, as a woman, I'm thankful for that because there's always a huge line for the women's bathroom and there's no line for the guy's bathroom. And I'm just like, what is the logic behind this? I know. Why is a female may I suffer through waiting to use the bathroom while men can just come in and out? If there's two bathrooms available, I should be able to use the other bathroom. <laughs> Shouldn't have to just wait. Does it make sense? Yeah. Anyways, what happened in October 2017, <laughs> Hanukkah? Yes. Less than a year ago, we passed the Gender Recognition Act, which made it easier for people who are transgender, intersex, or non-binary to obtain documents like birth certificates and driver's licenses that would reflect their actual gender. Um, and it also added an option for non-binary on these documents. So... That's the history of gay rights and LGBTQ rights in California. And to a greater point, California hasn't always been the good guy in this debate. Prop 22 and Prop 8 definitely suggest that, even though in Prop 22 it was two sides of California, the judicial system and the legislative process that were kind of bouncing off each other, where the legislative process, which was voted on by the majority of Californians, said this is, we're going to ban gay marriage, and then the judicial system said, no, you can't ban gay marriage, (laughs) they need to be able to marry, kind of clashed with each other, and then Prop 8 coming around and banning gay marriage again after, like, just six months shows that California may not always be on the right side, but it's always pushing ourselves to be on the right side. Right. So, like, what I'm trying to say overall is that because we have more open communities here and because we are more liberal, there is more of a backlash against these movements to liberalize. So they knew gay marriage was going to be a thing here, so people who were against it rose up and started really arguing against it and talking against it. Also, a lot of the funding that came for Prop 8 came from other states. Oh, really? Um, Utah, especially. So there was a lot of exterior influence going into this race 
It definitely was kind of a two steps forward, one step back process. And I think that trans rights probably will be like that, too. Yeah. I, I also think that if we didn't have the discussion, though, the rest of the United States wouldn't have caught up. That California's, you know, missteps and all these different issues that we ran across was the reason that we had this conversation and is the reason that we have gay rights today. Like, we made it okay to talk about it and to bring up changing something that's been the same for decades. So that was your bonus episode. Happy Pride Week. Happy Pride. We're going to be at Pride. Come, come find, find us. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but come find us. We'll be marching with PayPal because of our good friend who works at PayPal. So come find us. Go Gay Rights. So next week we will, next Wednesday we will be covering um, the Water Bond Initiative. A very sexy proposition. That Hanako will be taking charge on. Yeah. Because I did last week. True. <laughs> it's been a research heavy couple weeks. We're doing great, guys. If you have any suggestions on races or legislation you want us to um, look more in-depthly into, then shout us out. Yeah. Or even historical stuff like this one fun to research yeah how far we've come yeah if you have any you're like huh what's california's influence on this social or economic issue just shout us out at twitter on twitter on twitter at undecided ca yep thanks for listening bye a testing a testing we're talking about Gay marriage. Marriage that is for gay people. <laughs> gay people deserve to love just like me. Do I deserve love? Maybe. <laughs>